Hello, Elwood City Limits listeners. It's Will Young here, and once again we find ourselves, well, without our trusty co-host Lucas Mancini. But do not worry. I had to make sure we're so close to the end of Arthur Season 16 that, well, neither Lucas nor I wanted this train to stop. Lucas, I've recommended, I've recommended strongly that he watch this episode that I'm about to get into with a very special guest because this is definitely one that's going to inspire some conversation. I just know it. Um, Between he and I, between me and my guest, I'm sure from you as well. And as always, you can send over any correspondence you may have, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. We actually did get a couple of emails in, but I think what I'll do is I will keep those around for when Lucas returns. I know that when you send in an email or correspondence to the show, you you would want both of us to be able to hear it. And Lucas does listen to the episodes when he's not here but all the same, I, and, and there was nothing super uh, pressing that we needed to get to right away. So I'll hold on to those emails until we get Lucas back and so that we can both uh, talk about it. Um, but thank you so much for being a part of this episode, the final episode of Arthur Season 16. And we have a great guest with us. It's Cash. Cash is returning. Cash has some cool uh, perspectives on animation and I'm really excited to talk to them about uh, just where we are with Arthur, because the last time uh, Cash was on the show, it, we were still in traditional animation. And Cash hasn't seen is seeing an all new type of Arthur for the first time as somebody who works in cartoons and animation. I'm very excited to get their perspective on things as well as their perspective on just where Arthur is in general and these particular episodes as well. And I hope you're excited as well. I want to say a special thank you to our supporters on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. You can pay what you want and you can get yourself access to our side podcasts. That includes ECL Origins, where we talk about cartoons that are not under the PBS Kids banner. Or coming out this month, in fact next week, For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast. That's going to be our newest episode, and we're going to be talking about Peep and the Big Wide World, which was one of our biggest requests from our recent call for suggestions on Patreon. And hey, you can get access to the link where you can give us suggestions on For the Kids episodes as well if you are a patron. A dollar is all it costs. You can kick in a little more if you want to, but it is pay what you want, and we encourage you to truly follow that as closely as you want. But we do want to say thank you to those who continue to support us, such as Caitlin Harrington Robinson. Thank you to Marlo Stanfield and to EJ Acra. Thank you, as I scroll down the the X's, I have an Excel document for this now. Uh, thank you to Vanessa and to Vinny Cataldo, of course. Thank you to Derek Richopo. Thank you to JP and Rory Forever. Thank you to Josh Andalo and Matt M and Katie P. Thank you to Maria Gisselquist, Mamata, and Derek Watson Jr. And to everyone else who is supporting us. Patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. Now I can clear this column. I think I got all the X's and we can start over from the beginning. If it's been a while since you've heard your name, you can send uh, me a message in the Elwood City Limits Discord or on Patreon and just get me to Say, say your name more recently. We've got over 100, so I try to make sure everybody is represented. And of course, as I mentioned, you will get your new episode
episode for the kids, a PBS Kids podcast next week, as well as early access to every ECL episode, including next week. Patrons will get early access to the Elwood City Limits Season 16 recap episode, where Lucas and I talk about our thoughts on the season and where we give our top five of the season. So we will be giving you that next week. And on the free feed, you can expect a preview in two weeks of Peep in the Big Wide World. And you can you will get the full ECL Season 16 recap in one convenient audio file. So look forward to that. And if you're a patron, you'll be getting those early and in full. All right. I believe that's all of the uh, kind of preamble I need to do. So it's time to take it to our episode of the last Arthur Season 16 Stories, and here's me with Cash. One more quick note here before we get started. Uh, I made a bit of an oopsie on this one. I accidentally recorded most of my audio off of my laptop mic instead of the microphone that I'm talking from to you from right now. Um, so looking through it again, what I'm going to do is I have a Skype recorder. As, uh, Cash and I did the episode through Skype, and I have a recorder running in the background. I'm going to use that audio instead. The quality is lower than you're used to. It's going to kind of sound a bit like we're talking through a phone call, but it does have the full audio. There was also a bit of audio loss. It's kind of a cursed recording, uh, which is too bad because I actually really love the conversation that we had. So I think you're really going to like it, but apologies for the quality issues uh, just right off the bat. And I promise I will not make this mistake again. And if I do, I'm sorry for that too. Okay, let's get to the episode. All right. So for instances like these, I always want to bring on, as I call them, the pinch hitters of Elwood City Limits. And this time, I've been been wanting to get this person back on the show for a while, especially uh, due to some, uh, something exciting happening in their life recently that has to do with one of the reasons that we're all here, which is animation. And so I'm very pleased to welcome back to the show, Cash. Hey, Cash, how's it going? Hello, I'm doing great. Nice to hear from you again. Yeah, man, it's really, really great to have to have you back, and I'm really pleased um, that for all the successes that are happening in your life recently. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that off the top. Now, this is something that I mentioned, uh, you know, when it happened. I retweeted it on our Twitter. I talked about it in the Discord to everybody who would listen. But you recently had a show on the Disney Channel that you are on. You are part of the crew of. <laughs> I, I say this all the time. I don't. Yes. I'm not like super informed about animation as a medium. So pr- forgive me if I use the wrong terms here. But you worked on. You are working on a show called Kiff, which I think is something. Uh, you know, I've seen the show myself. It's something that if you enjoy Arthur, if you enjoy Old City Limits, you definitely need to check it out. So I was able to watch the premiere with you. It's so much fun. Um. So yeah, t- tell us a little bit about what Kif is, and also how you got started on it. So, uh, for any listeners who aren't in the know, um, Kif is a Disney Channel show which is uh, animated with Titmouse's help. Um, I work at Titmouse. Um, my specific role um, is in production, so I'm not um, drawing per se. I'm not in a creative role, mm-hmm. but me and the many people who I do work with, 
you know, are basically managing, overseeing a lot of behind the scenes stuff that really um, is the glue that holds these shows together. Um, a very uh, underrepresented, um, you know, area of like animation, animation crews. Um, like, not a lot of people know about what production does, uh, but a lot of shows wouldn't exist without it. Uh, and I'm happy to be helping on a show uh, such as Kiff. Um, the show itself, um, I could describe as a slice of life musical comedy mm-hmm. um, created by um, uh, Lucy Heavens and Nick Small um, and Ken Osborne, who has also worked on uh, many, many other uh, prior shows like Adventure Time. It's also a lead writer and also um, head executive producer. It's honestly like very, very one of a kind, honestly. Um, when the show launched, I was actually very funny. It was very fun, like, seeing initial reactions to it because, like, everyone was pinning it. Oh, this reminds me of a regular show. Oh, this reminds me of SpongeBob. Oh, yeah. it feels like a Nickelodeon show. And I will, obviously, good comments, especially on Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. I'll take it. Uh, but as someone who was and still is, you know, an animation fan, I can definitely say that Kiff definitely feels like in a league all of its own. Like it definitely has, um, definitely has like more heartful stories, but it definitely takes advantage of the fact that it is a cartoon and there are, uh, many jokes and main premises that genuinely like get a laugh out of like me and like everyone else on the crew because, you know, it, it's a fun show. Um, and obviously we have like, we try to have like at least like, one song per episode i think like a lot of them uh if they're not already they might go on spotify i can tell a lot of people are gonna have like little like fan cams or whatever (laughs) um we have like in like an all-star voice cast you know uh some of the people who work on it you know whether they be uh, in voice or even even creatively um you know i've been like fans of already so it's been nice in order to uh really get to this point um and as for me um getting on kiff i think the last time we talked i don't know i don't think i was at titmouse yet but i don't think so no yeah so to cut a long story short <laughs> uh through me doing for me doing video reviews and my own podcast, the Cashcast, mm-hmm. um, I was able to uh, network and really link up with a lot of people um, that had also um, previously worked on a lot of projects that I've, you know, been a fan of. Um, and through that, I was able to get an interview um, at Titmouse. Mm. Um, so through there, um, I worked on. Well, I worked on an upcoming movie. Um, that was my first uh, PA job. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure it has articles, um, so I'm pretty sure people know what it is. <laughs> uh, but there's no trailer yet, so I'm I'm keeping it safe. When you'll know when you know. Um, yes. I'll, I'll wink to the audience whenever that gets announced after this recording. Well, and that's and that's, um, and that's a very professional decision of you. I I, I, yeah. I respect I respect that I respect that. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm very I'm dying of curiosity, but I can wait. I can wait. <laughs> It'll be brutal. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay. All right. It was interesting because I was only on that um for three months. So the difference between this project and Kif is that um 
the movie was done like animated in house and it's done like it was done with like tween like skeleton animation you know like uh whether you're in that just colloquially or whatever how you say that word uh called flash animation which mm. will obviously tie into arthur in a bit <laughs> yes uh, meanwhile for kiff um it is a show where we uh ship the assets and while um it is animated um in toon boom harmony um what actually happens is that on a weekly basis we have like assets so like uh uh, you know, like character designs, props, you know, backgrounds, um, shipping to a uh, studio in Korea called Yerim. Um, mm-hmm. And they uh, basically ship us back uh, with drafts of like animation. Um, and we have like meetings where, you know, like production people, the retake supervisor, uh, creator, director, art director, all just going through this episode and just like seeing there are any mistakes. Uh, we take note of it. The people who are in retaking comp uh, take care of those. Um, we decide whether or not uh, any mistake can be done internally, or we send it back to Korea. Um, we do this uh, a couple more times. Uh, then the episode gets locked, so it's ready for broadcast. Uh, and the cycle begins anew. You know, like multiple episodes um, are being done all at once. You know, so one episode might be broadcast already uh, while another one is still in storyboards or we're still breaking down like what design assignments have to be assigned um so it's all a cycle and obviously like i'm not i'm not a pro i will say first off that like my co-workers immediately um are all stars they do way more than me i wouldn't be um i wouldn't be like in the position i am without them like showing me the ropes um, but, you know, it has been nice uh, being able to, like, see a show go from, like, a rough script or storyboards to something that's, like, on TV and then, like, seeing my seeing my name in the credits, even if it's, even if it's at the very end, you mm-hmm. know, it's a sign that, like, I'm helping work on, like, a really nice project. And, of course, obviously, I was uh, very happy to share it, uh, the premiere uh, with many of my friends. Uh, you include, of course. So, <laughs> yes, I was very grateful to be uh, at the kind of digital premiere that that you held uh, within Discord, and I mean, super cool to see your name in the credits. And of course, you're building you're building your resume from here. Who's who? Who knows where your career uh, in animation or otherwise will go from here? But it's so I'm I'm so glad to hear you talk about kind of what goes on in modern animation terms because it's a process that I think you can find out a lot about. I'm sure there's a lot of interviews and resources out there, but to someone like me who, you know, if, if, if you're not a pro, then I don't know like what kind of sub amateur buffoon that I am of just, I've never worked a day in my life in animation. Here I am with a podcast about an animated show that's been going for several years. So (laughs) it's really good to be able to hear kind of the work that goes into productions that are similar to Arthur, like at the base level of just being animated, but in, in one way or the other. And that's, that's another reason why I've been looking forward to having you back on the show is to talk about this new era of Arthur animation wise, much different than the last time that you would have been here, which I believe was about two seasons ago in, in Arthur, in Arthur terms. But yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, and another reason that I think it's going to be very interesting is that this episode, I have to tell you, beyond the animation, 
Frontier Cash. We are dealing with an episode that is quite controversial. Um, and uh, the listeners have been waiting for us to get to it for quite some time, and I'm going to be interested to see what your reaction is, because I certainly I didn't anticipate my own reaction coming to the end of this one. So today, we're talking about the final episode of Season 16, and we're starting off with, indeed, I've heard this likened to Arthur's big hit, the one where Arthur punches DW, in terms of just how, <laughs> again, controversial it is among Arthur fans. And I'm really interested to get to, to kind of get into how we feel about it. So it's called So Funny I Forgot to Laugh. And much like the episode before this, Sue Ellen Veges Out, it's a Sue Ellen episode, but it also kind of isn't. We yeah. start we start off in the cold open. Sue Ellen has received a yak wool sweater from her pen pal Tenzin. Now this is a shout out back to season two of Arthur. There was an there was an episode. If you've seen the if you've seen the viral clip of uh Arthur saying to DW, a lonely child is what I'm gonna be is what you're gonna be when I sell you. <laughs> That's from uh, an episode called uh, Sue well- I believe it's Sue Ellen's little brother. And at the end of the episode, she gets a pen pal in Tibet named Tenzin. And so that was literally like the year 1997 or 98 was when that would have aired. And we're finally calling back to Tenzin. He's still alive. Uh, so he sent over a yak wool sweater. Uh, Sue Ellen loved it, but now it's also a bad memory for some reason. Now, right away, this is this is going to be different than the Arthur that you covered on uh, like two years ago, Arthur time. So right. what is what I mean? You mentioned, um, you know, motion motion tweening animation. What's what's what Lucas and I and other people have called the flash animation. We are in the flash animation era of Arthur. How does this strike you compared to how Arthur looked? And we even have a little bit of an anchor in the second half of this episode where you can literally see how Arthur used to be illustrated, how it used to be animated. So how does this new animation style strike you both from an animation perspective and as an Arthur fan? I'm just curious, like how you think of this compared to how Arthur used to look. So I have like varying perspectives on this. Like one, you know, obviously like as an Arthur fan, because like I was an Arthur fan first, Mm -hmm. a person who works in animation second, um, so I have like caught, you know, a couple of episodes like in this era, you know, and when I was younger, you know, I definitely was taken aback, but I think looking back, I was just impressed that Arthur was able to, um, like stay traditionally animated for as long as it could, you know, um, like especially, you know, like different seasons have like, you know, different color palettes because I know like, very early on, like one, two seasons, like season like that. No, I can obviously tell they were traditionally animated, you know, like Cell. Uh, and then I think for most of the run, you can obviously tell it was, you know, still traditionally animated, but digitally colored. Some seasons looking better than others. But um, and obviously there were like some of these that like actually survived, like the, uh, you know, the 16 by 9 transition that a lot of uh cartoons had went through towards like the late 2000s and early 2010s right yeah but which was definitely a time um <laughs> there's like a whole i have like a whole videos worth but um fun animation fact um depending on who was making it um there were shows like from the 
early to mid 2000s that likely were animated in like 1080 widescreen but were only broadcast in uh 480 sd you know or like no letterbox you know four by three right you know so like if you had like a tube tv back then you wouldn't have known but like you no know, seeing some of this stuff like even like some like later like digitally run art episodes um i think there was like one where um they both had like super Arf and DW both had a superhero alter ego with like a Star Child was one of them. Yeah. I know yeah. that was like a later episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like when I saw it in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, you know, it was on O two TV. I wouldn't have known. But um as opposed to like animating it you no know, with the, the tweened animation. Yeah. Completely different. Like more people are gonna see that. As a preface, like I'm learning on the job, so someone who's listening might know more than me. But to explain um, you have like the frame by frame, which you no know, Kip has also done frame by frame, you know, again. Um, but Arthur is done uh, with, you know, tools that are like, you no know, like Toon Boom Harmony, um, you no know, or Adobe Flash, Adobe Animate, as it's now called. Instead of having a model sheet and just like animating the character like frame by frame, you would have a skeleton that is made with you know, different parts, you know, different body parts. Like, every body part is, like, freely movable. Mm-hmm. And instead of, like, redrawing it or animating uh, stuff hand by hand, you could instead, like, pose the skeleton out or, you know, like, tween the animation by just, like, bringing it from, like, one frame to another, which definitely helps in terms of uh, making it, you know, like, faster produced because obviously that saves time compared to drawing a picture hand by hand Mm -hmm. and of course um this is going to be very different very different you know um because like arthur was never a show like that in the past as opposed to something like say word girl which you know was running concurrently when i was a kid with arthur that was always made in flash Mm -hmm. you know that was made for that so the change wouldn't be as jarring um but when you see people criticizing these episodes, you know, I was taken aback by some of the changes, you know, like, no, uh, you know, some characters acting out of character, which is an issue here. Yeah. Um, no, LaDonna's character, I wasn't really uh, expecting her introduction, mm-hmm. but like the animation quality of the show doesn't necessarily mean the writing quality of a show. Mm. Um is also going to have and that's the disconnect that people have because they feel the show is different and they want like some form of explanation for that but people don't really know a lot about animation and some people might not want to do that research so the most the first thing they can do in order to um spot like what's the difference is to look at something face value so that's why irregardless of their quality you know, a lot of these newer episodes just simply have a bad rap, which I think is unfair to them. I feel like the writing quality of Arthur has largely been consistent. Um, but obviously with the first half of this episode, you know, that, that doesn't apply. But I will definitely say if it was still anime traditionally, it would definitely be a weaker episode. And it would just be the same. It's not a weaker episode because it's animated, uh, like, say... Uh, something like Rick and Morty or Final Space. You know, it's just yeah. different, and different is okay. 
and and that's 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 a conclusion that I think I mean not to get ahead of you know uh, in in a week or two we're gonna have our uh, season sixteen rundown uh, Lucas and I not to get ahead of ourselves here but like that is the journey that we've been on where we started off very much like. Uh, like not feeling the flash animation. And that was a point that one of our listeners did make, or a couple of listeners made to us is that it really, uh, the writing is something that is not affected by the new animation and Arthur's in yeah. earth. Yeah. And, and, and that goes for any cartoon. Uh, and in Arthur's case, it's, it is true. Like I, I still think the writing is of a quality where eventually as we've been getting into watching this weekly, the animation more or less kind of fades into the similar space that the traditional animation did where it's like it's a vessel for the story and it's and it's i think it's apparent uh to a lot of people who do give these newer seasons a bit more time and admitting uh that perhaps Lucas and I were a bit hasty in our judgments so i'm 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 glad to glad to hear you say that all right so let's 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 just talk about the episode here the the matter of this um, so as we, as we kind of left off, Sue Ellen, yak wool sweater, kind of a bad memory for her now. So this is because in the middle of winter, Sue Ellen takes her coat to school. It's very warm. It's got this, it's like a, it, it, it how would I describe this? It, it does kind of look like she's wearing like a rolled up carpet a little bit. It's very thick and it's got this, uh, snazzy little, uh, like kind of 90s stripe around the belly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's got plenty of sass. Um, so <laughs> Arthur, you know, she she every everybody likes it, and Arthur he doesn't dislike it, but he 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 razzes her a little bit about it. So the thing right. that he says it it makes her look like a sheepdog, and so Arthur kind of keeps following this 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 um this this joke formula. Uh, you know, and, and everybody laughs at first, even Sue Ellen laughs and she kind of goes like, oh yeah, yeah, it's like, I, I may be a sheepdog, but I'm nice and warm, woof, woof. And then Arthur kind of keeps going with it. And mm-hmm. I was aware that this was an Arthur episode where he acts out of character. So he, you know, we see him later. He just kind of keeps making these jokes and eventually Sue Ellen has to be like, okay, can like gently, she's just like, okay, like it's, can, can, can we, can we stop with that please? And then Arthur keeps making these jokes. So he's he's saying stuff like, you know, he's really doing like every dog thing he can think of, like, come here, girl, come here, girl. Or just like, who's a good sheep dog? Like really mm. talking, talking down to her in a weird way. A um, couple things I just want to mention real quick before I get away from them. Um, you know, it's established to be a very cold day outside. Uh, first of all, Buster is so cold that his ears froze and he literally knocks on them. And it makes like a glassy sound. I didn't That's know. That's gotta hurt. Can that happen to rabbits? Like IRL? I've never heard of it, but mm. I've also never heard of like this gag being done in the cartoon before, which we also do have a bunny, and it's also <laughs> going to be in a snow. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is gonna be like snow themed episode. I, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's generic enough where I feel like I'll be safe. Like, what what cartoon doesn't have a snow fiend episode? I mean, yeah, uh, it, it, it'd be like it's like, oh, they're gonna have a beach episode, <gasps> a cartoon with a beach episode. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, that's, it's it's all good. If anything, it's gonna be feel nice and cool by the time summer comes around. Right. No. Exactly. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like to actually go into um 
my feelings on the episode and the, hopefully the, the, sorry just before you do that i just have one other oh, minor, sure, sure. minor thing um again very cold outside we see sue ellen wearing the coat but she's wearing like she has her base character model under the coat and her base character model she's always wearing shorts on a cold day like this you can't put some pants on her like or is she just one of those people who's always wearing shorts no matter how cold it is like one of those one of those people yeah yeah you know as someone who um is in new york and you know i've had like i've seen many people on the parkway it's like you know it could be like a freezing day Mm. um but like it gets like 10 degrees warmer <laughs> and like by the time I'm on lunch, you know, you see people jogging with shorts and like a tank top or like a sleeve of shirt. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this while I'm shivering in my apartment. <laughs> so either you're not human or you're a really fast runner in order to counteract like the coldness of the environment, which, I mean, if you're running that fast, more power to you. You know, we stand exercising over here, <laughs> but I, I still think it's kind of odd. It's all, bl- um, all about blood circulation. They're trying to, to will the warm weather into their system as much as possible. Um, it, and there's, there's one other thing I want to point out here before I think we get into the meat of the matter. One thing that I've had a problem with in the... Again, I'm, I'm just kind of referring to it generally as the Flash animation era. And this is specifically a problem with mm-hmm. Arthur's character model. In mm-hmm. official, like, artwork for the show, like posters for the show, uh, you know, official, official PBS artwork, like, his eyes are misaligned more than you would think. And there's a couple of shots early on here. Like, there's there's one when there's a shot where he initially returns Sue Ellen's backpack, and his eyes are on two different planes, and I, I don't know how that happens. It drives me up the wall because it just doesn't look natural. It doesn't look right. Right. Yeah, like, I, I do get it. Like, there do seem to be, like, you know, just subtle nuances that, like, might feel, like, a bit more organic if it was done, like, frame by frame. Like, I I have the episode running. Like, obviously, I already saw the episode. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just have, like, the visuals running while we're talking. Yes. And, like, I'm on, like, 138. And, like, now that I'm looking at, like, just, like, a, a detail as small as Arthur's pupils, I'm used to seeing them smaller. But they're, like, you know, really big, you know. Yeah. And, again, very small detail. Like, I get it. But it's, like, you know, if you're someone like us who, you know, knows his show in the back of our hands, um, you know, it sticks out. But, like, everyone else's, like, looks fairly fine. You know, and that's, like, something that I do have to say, like, you know, from... I mean, again, I work in animation, but I'm not, like, a a king, you know, in terms of, like, my knowledge. Um, like, the art direction, you know, seems... I think has remained very faithful. And, like, obviously, you know, in order to, like make these new character models that are posable in whatever program they use, pretty sure it's Toon Boom, you know, they have, like, what, like, 16 or whatever seasons of, you know, traditionally made art in order to make use of Fable if we can. Right. I think what... I think what also might be a bit more uncanny is the fact that sometimes, instead of, like, making a new pose or something that could be just, like, drawn from scratch uh, traditionally... We often see, like, even just something as simple as, like, characters' head angles, 
um, in like poses that we're not used to. And like people, I see that and like tip off. Oh yeah. So that's a flash episode. And you know, it's a lot of different things, you know, like as soon as you learn that, like, even if like two characters are talking and it's meant to be side to side, but you know that like the quote unquote default pose for a character is using like the free quarters uh, face instead, like the free free quarters in like yeah, yeah. a direction. Yeah. Again, it's like all these nuances that you know, um, you know, it just makes for a different experience. And I will I will agree. Um, I'm on 201 right now. I do see another frame where Arthur's eyes are misaligned. Um, it, it might just be like the pipeline might not allow for um, like a lot of like retakes, you know, yeah. stuff. Yeah, like stuff um, flies by like just today. Like I um, like I've been filling in for a coworker who uh, their job is normally to like going through these episodes, like seeing animation mistakes. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I have a bit of experience in this and, you know, I'm. Uh, something else to do for KF is like gather together potential uh, screenshots used for like uh, articles or whatever. So mm. I'm going to be going through these episodes anyway. So I'm going through frame by frame and I actually see like an animation mistake or two. Like characters like disappearing or reappearing. You know, um, a character's mouth for a split second uh, might be invisible. You know, like these things tend to happen regardless. Mm-hmm. It just matters as to like how early um, it can be spotted, um, how observant someone is, and how much time is allotted. You know, it's definitely not for a lack of talent. You know, uh, it's just mm-hmm. breakneck, breakneck pace. Yeah. And I can imagine something that, like, is, like, motion-tweened, you know, is animated in something like Flash or Animate, you know, uh, to save time, uh, might be getting less time. Uh, so, as a opposed to some of it is like traditionally animated so you know a lot of variables a lot of variables okay that's that's good to hear you say that and it it, it is something that i've brought up before and maybe i'll i'll try to kind of uh ease off of it a little bit it's just it's just something that you know on the outside it seems like oh well that's an easy fix but maybe i again maybe i don't know what i'm talking about and i'm always i always try to be first to admit that when it comes to animation and especially the process of how it's done i don't know what the heck I'm talking about. I can only call it as I see it, which only goes so far. So, Cash, I appreciate your outlook on this. All right, speaking of outlook, so this is what we're talking about here, where Arthur is established in this episode to be like explicitly named by the characters as bullying Sue Ellen. So where we are right now, you know, Arthur keeps relating Sue Ellen to a sheepdog, and... And Sue Ellen does politely, as said, politely asks him to stop, but he keeps kind of doing it. Now, I I am interested to get your thoughts on this, maybe in broad, um, but I want to zero in in a couple of places here. So first off, it's very it's very cringy for Arthur to kind of continue on this joke when literally no one else is laughing. I kind of thought that this would be a sort of situation where like. Arthur was being egged on into it, or maybe he was like getting a bunch of laughs. And so that's what kept him doing it. But literally he's the only yeah. one who finds it funny after a while to me. And I don't think yeah, this is like, th- th- think he like, isn't a fan of it. Exactly. He, he like he, Arthur even goes so far as to make a picture of Sue Ellen 
uh, that says mm-hmm. Happy Sheepdog Appreciation Day, and that re- she really takes offense to because he's you know, and his and his whole defense is that it's it's just a joke. He literally just says like, can't can't you take a joke? Uh, but and and like you said, Binky is like, look, everyone, it's a picture of Fern as a goat. And then he's like, no, it's not. It's Sue Ellen as a sheepdog. Mickey's like, oh, well, you didn't draw this very well at all. That's not what she looks like. Um, <laughs> what, what I found interesting, and this is not this is not the takeaway from this episode. To me, I've seen this type of behavior before. In 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 guys that are like trying to establish a bit with a girl, like, and when I say a bit, I mean like, oh, they like shared like a little moments together. And now he's trying to like turn that into like a joke that they share together a bit. And it's like, it's just not that funny. And we've, we've seen before in the show that like, there is a level of potentially mutual attraction between Arthur and Sue Ellen. They've kind of, yeah, they've hinted at it. Of course they're kids. So, you know, but, um, It, it it did strike me a little bit as like maybe Arthur thinks that like she's into this even though she's explicitly said she isn't but it's just the way that it was kind of delivered in the voice performance made me think of that but it, it gets a little bit it's it's not quite that I just found that interesting so right right Mr Ratburn talks to Arthur after class one day and he does name what Arthur's doing as bullying. And even though it was unintentional, like Arthur didn't, you know, didn't even realize that, well, that's what was happening. And he takes this poorly. So he was kind of reprimanded by Mr. Ratburn and he's asked to write an apology letter, which he's quite angry about, Arthur is. Um, And he, I I have longer, I have longer form thoughts on this that I'm going to save for the very end of the episode. And I'll I'll explain. (laughs) Um, So when when we go into the classroom scene, we do get a little uh, just throwaway line from Mr. Ratburn as he's, we're we're coming in at the the end of his lecture and he just says, and that is how iron ore is smelted. It's like things you need to learn in third grade, huh? (laughs) That importance. Um, (laughs) We have, we have a little scene in the sugar bowl where Arthur and, and Buster and Francine and Muffy are talking about it and nobody again nobody is on Arthur's side here everybody thinks that he is that he's in the wrong and he is like there's what's what's really i think um memorable and maybe not a good way to people watching the show is that Arthur is indignant to the point that he's like trying to defend himself by saying you know continually it's just a joke she can't take a joke it's like we've all heard that defense before and usually the people right. giving it are not don't exactly come across very well. It's just a little bit dissonant to hear Arthur say that. I mean, let's take it from where we are just right now. It's like Arthur unintentionally bullying Sue Ellen and then being very obstinate in his take on the situation and that he didn't do anything wrong and it's Sue Ellen who can't take a joke. How did this make you feel in terms of seeing Arthur in this role? Definitely complicated. You know, yeah. Um, when we were when we were talking about like our potential ways like this premise could have gone, like you know, as we were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, like another way this could have gone down would have been like the joke itself. You know, even though like Arthur um, would have like immediately listened to Sullivan, uh, Sue Ellen, and like not found it funny, you know, it goes beyond him, and he would actually like, spend the episode uh, trying to like 
no, not let it get to like the whole school and like reestablish the friendship with Sue Ellen. I figured that'll be like a bit more in line with like mm-hmm. how like we know Arthur is like no, he's a loyal friend and he would still serve to, you know, like he already knew. In that scenario, obviously, he would already know that you know the joke was bad, but you know it's also taking him directly taking accountability. Yeah. In what we actually got though, I've definitely been a student in varying phases of my life so i think what the episode wanted to do and to a degree i can see what they're going for i can see what they're going for with saying that just because someone doesn't look like or even act like a bully doesn't mean they're immune to bullying someone yes you know yeah like they're they're definitely are like it's not the 90s you know um the whole speaking, of, speaking def- of not the 90s i'm like again it's it's like I'm, I'm saving it all up for the end of the episode and Ooh, all right yeah yeah so but, but but please go go on go on yeah yeah for sure so like yeah you know um it's not the 90s anymore you know like you know bullies aren't going to be like binky and we we're at this point where binky has long come to his own as like a developed character instead of just a one-dimensional bully yes you know yeah so i think it's like when people get into their feelings you know i think like one can say and i would agree with you know it doesn't make sense for arthur to act like this because he has literally been bullied yes no on the other hand and i don't think this contradicts this you know sometimes people you know, and I'll even put myself out there for personal experience, you know, like they see themselves as that. And it's like they they feel like that, you know, basically lets them get off scot-free. Right. So it's like they could never picture themselves being in that position because like, hey, I've been on there. Mm. So it's like, yeah, like I'm I'm whatever, you know, but that's exactly what Arthur has been doing and like if we're just left at unintentionally you no know, dragging the joke on for a bit longer then you know there are multiple times where you could just chalk it up as like kids being frustrated and you know no harm no foul but the fact that arthur got angry at suellen and made that very passive aggressive and rightfully <laughs> memed upon yeah. uh letter you know that <laughs> That definitely shows that, like, he has personal grief and, for whatever reason, is being, like, intentionally obtuse as to how he feels, like, how he feels his words have their impact versus the impact they actually had on Sue Ellen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So with that, you know, we could um, have a more direct comparison uh, towards Arthur's big hit, which, you know— um, his friends also basically disagreed with. Um, but I think with that, it's like, you know, he was not to say that hitting kids is right, but Arthur, <laughs> um, that was a lapse in judgment. That was frustration. That was something that, you know, he would never normally do. He didn't wake up and decide to do that to DW. No, um, he, he, and- he was, he was very much, he felt pushed towards it and it was a kind of, yeah, as you say, in the moment's decision that he had to face exactly. the of, it, it wasn't continuous behavior. Um, there's a, that's yeah. yeah. 
there's a there's a couple of things I want to point out here, and you mentioned this in the in the idea that like this isn't the '90s anymore. So first of all, I'm pleased to see that nobody's on Arthur's side here, and it's the same in Arthur's big hit as you mentioned. Nobody's on his side, mm-hmm. but in the past we've seen, a, and when I say in the past, I mean especially really early in the show, we've seen other characters act like a bully to their own friends and be far more supported for it or even just like not face any real consequences but i think it's important for a show in with that has been made in the past decade this this episode came out 2013 to single out a character's actions as bullying and also their lack of remorse as being explicitly not good like so it's i i do appreciate that I'm also very pleased that Sue Ellen doesn't let Arthur off the hook easily. She sticks to her feelings. She sticks up for the fact that, like, what Arthur did hurt her feelings, and she doesn't accept anything less than a meaningful apology, which, as you said, Arthur doesn't give her. He writes a very facetious letter, and this is an Arthur meme alert right here, because you've definitely seen photoshops of this letter, or just this letter as it is, and if, if I may... Uh, it says, Dear Sue Ellen, I'm sorry I upset you. I didn't mean to. It was really just a joke. I thought you could take a joke, but I guess I was wrong. I've been teased before about wearing glasses, but I never felt I had to tell the teacher about it and get someone else in trouble. Maybe you're just overreacting? I don't understand why you're so upset about such a small thing. I thought we were friends. Arthur. Which, oh boy. Like, it's to to use so many of the, like, awful victim blaming tropes in one letter is a lot so uh, do, like no matter what i might say later like i see it and that is that is one of the worst worst letters you could ever make in this situation so in. it's this in, in a way like sue ellen sticking up for her feelings in the face of like arthur clearly doesn't mean this apology it's almost aspirational for kids because it allows them to feel I, I would hope that it would allow them to feel like I don't have to just accept a half-hearted apology because a person yeah, is my friend and I don't want to risk the friendship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I very much agree. I know there was like another point in the back of my head, and I know other people might have made this point, where it's like, you know, Francine doesn't exactly have like a squeaky clean reputation either. Like, if anything, you know... Um, I would honestly be surprised if um, the stuff that she said, especially uh, the fern off the top of my head. Uh, but you've also still seen Francine, you know, in a much better light. This doesn't define her character either. You know, um, I, I wouldn't expect that because I feel like had the show address that, I feel like the only way they could do that, like Arthur's saying, like, hey, you're not a uh, squeak clean either. Um, I don't think Arthur would have made that point to have some more nuance it would have been uh just offered deflecting and using it as an excuse to not um you know again circling back to what we were saying earlier to see himself as a bully yeah because after that second phase you know there's there's no leeway for like an instant a mistake you know you're making your feelings known you know and despite the opinion of these modern episodes like you know from people who are in the know like i'm actually very pleased that this meme uh broke into the mainstream um i know i did see a couple of quote tweets that simply just read 
men apologizing and like it's not wrong <laughs> literally the point of the episode so yeah like i get it i honestly like, i do think that even people our age or older like still probably you know interface with this issue so like i'm not surprised like i'm hoping people learn from it you know i mm. would i'd like to think that the appeal of like a show like Arthur and like you know people watching it or shows like it because like these lessons don't really go away you know you know it's like we're we're always learning yes you no know, it doesn't matter what degree you have or don't have i don't judge you know socially we're always learning so oftentimes we learn stuff as kids and sometimes we might need a refresher so even if it wasn't the intent you know this this episode still made people think it still made people talk and i would argue that in spite of things being out of character um people did get the moral people did like people had an issue with arthur being out of character but i don't think people were defending arthur they were just more so disappointed that like someone that uh we have known for so long even if he is fictional would act like this but again as i discussed no kid is an angel and sometimes kids who we don't see as quote-unquote jerks might do jerky things and yeah. they should be humbled a bit i mean you see you're saying it all here i'm hoping I'm... <laughs> I, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder what's uh gonna gonna be left when i when i kind of when i finally it's like i, I wrote like it's like a two paragraphs on the, on this for like this is one of the only times that I've written out my final thoughts again don't mean I don't mean to keep tantalizing it but like if you I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if anybody skips like the final th the final thoughts of the episode but don't do it this time like I really put a lot of work in it so uh apologies this is the no 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 major. no I, th I think it's good I think it's good to bring this up at, at, at any point so and I'm pleased to see that like I, I I do agree with with what you're saying a lot um mm -hmm. so at this point Arthur is is so kind of in his own head about this he creates a photoshop of sue ellen as a sheepdog mm -hmm. like literally like takes a sheepdog head puts it on her body and he sends it to her which really upsets her to the point of making her cry and then arthur like as soon as he does it he regrets it it's you know like it was a kind of flash thing that he did on impulse almost he tries to apologize but it's just too late, and Arthur is suffering the consequences. He has to eat with the tough customers at lunch, who basically uh, take a lot of his food. And to the point where Sue Ellen asks to switch classes, which, this is interesting. This is a consequence that hasn't even been considered in the past. Like, and right. it's, treated, it's treated very seriously. Like, you think about all the other instances of bullying. It was never seemed like an option for a character to essentially leave the show like they they're not talking about leaving the school but by not by having them in a different class they just wouldn't be in the show anymore and there are other third grade classes we've seen them so it's mm -hmm. and, and Arthur treats it appropriately seriously Arthur himself and he takes a moment to think about his past actions and we see all of the insults and the jokes laid out in one go now because it's a PBS show Arthur can't be too mean here so when you put them all back together the sheepdog insults are fairly soft but everybody's reaction to it helps to sell it as something that could be hurtful and i'm not saying they're not hurtful but it's like seeing right. sue ellen react to it and all of arthur's friends react to it is helpful because 
the actual insults themselves are a little tame, as as they would be in a PBS show. It, it, yeah. The show, the show, just as we've kind of said before, can't be as mean as it was in its earlier years. But that also helps with the cognitive dissonance when you have characters who you like who are just acting like jerks. Like it was so weird, even back as a kid, when Francine would just be a bully in some of the very early episodes of Arthur and just be like, mm-hmm. and then in the next episode, we're supposed to like her. I'm like, but no, you, you were mean to Arthur. Why? I don't, why would I like you? So it does help with it being like, okay, so Arthur's not like, you know, swearing at her or something or like really getting at her, but he is crossing her personal boundary. And so that does kind of help to put it in perspective. And eventually Arthur is able to give to get a little bit of time from Sue Ellen, and he does apologize sincerely, especially when faced with the consequence that he may never see her again. And he does say that, like, you're one of my best friends, I'm, and I'm very sorry that I hurt you, and puts the blame all on himself, and Sue Ellen does accept that apology. And Arthur even offers to wear the jacket for the rest of the year, even in the, su- even in the summer, which Sue Ellen says he doesn't have to do, but it does make him look like a big mouse. And that's how we end off we end off that episode. Anything else before we kind of move on here? Um, yeah, like honestly, like I do think that episode ended up ending well because it is Arthur unabashedly uh, taking accountability and seeing like the weight of his words. You mm-hmm. know, honestly, I was shocked that you know they again, like you said, that they would entertain the possibility of uh, so switching classes. But I think, again, Arthur needed to be humbled in order to, like, see, you know, the consequences of his actions. Sometimes, you know, uh, kids don't think that they are capable of being as hurtful as people who hurt them until, like, it's right in their face, you know? Yes. It was, like, definitely like, a very realistic thing as someone who, you know, has been in the school system, looked after some kids who were in the school system... And it's, like, a very stark contrast, you know, to, like, an episode, like, say, Draw, where, like, the kids in Miss McGrady, of course, like, basically, like, dealt with that issue uh, themselves by, like, humbling Francine. <laughs> Maybe that might be what Arthur meant uh, when, like, not having to go to a teacher. But, again, you know, we're not in the 90s. And, honestly, I'm glad that Mr. Rapper and, you know, very goaded teacher, as we all know, um, yeah. was able <laughs> to, like, get involved because like kids shouldn't feel scared of like you know taking this to the next level if they really feel uncomfortable and not being listened to and the situation in their own uh in their own little friend group wasn't resolved even if you went to that person directly saying hey could you cool it If, if you don't do that then yeah i don't blame you for going to a higher authority figure and again like we've already said it, but especially with situations that you might get into as an adult, I think it was very important, you know, for kids to see that basically everyone's on Swan's side. Like she wasn't in the wrong uh for speaking up. Like she is allowed to feel uncomfortable. She is allowed uh to just want some sort of solution in order to feel comfortable. And everything resolved. Um you know perfectly fine but i'm glad that like there was no like two sides of it you know someone trying to uh find a way to like justify our for notice absolutely none of that no arthur yeah. was wrong so i was in the right 
uh, and Arthur needed to take accountability. And in the real world, especially, that's all you need. And I'm glad the show um, did take their time to you know, do that. Yeah, me too. And now a word from us kids. This is where uh, Brenda and her third grade class, they're working on puppet shows about bullying. And they all make their own little puppets and have their own shows and why differences are to be embraced. So very much following up on the theme of the previous story. These puppets are pretty cool. Like they make them out of like, I think it's like uh, paper towel rolls and then all kinds of other crafts and stuff. But they end up looking pretty good. Special shout out to the girl's puppet that has shoes. That's a flex that I don't normally see in a third grade kid's puppet. I know for a fact, like when I was in third grade, I was not, I was not that inventive. I no. wasn't even that inventive in eighth grade. Like, no, just, I'm just not, I'm not crafty like that. Um, it's an important message to say here. It's, there's not much to more than that. I will say um, there's a kid with a red sweater who is part of the roll call of the third play. I, if you ever mm-hmm. wanted to know how I dress in real life, I dress exactly like that kid. Just like a bigger <laughs> version of him. Aww. This also reminds me, um, this is way back, Cash, but do you remember there was a Word From Us Kids segment where they use where they're all calling each other, they, they talk about how calling people names can be hurtful, and they have all these big heads made out of like cardboard, and, and they all go around the circle going like, you're a big egg head, and it's like they make a giant like egg with eyeballs out of uh, a, <laughs> like a big looking face. Do you remember this one? Do you know what I'm talking about? I sadly don't, but that okay. sounds hilarious. You you may remember it, listener. That's that's just what this reminded me of, of just, again, the anti-bullying sort of message. Right. Hi, everybody. It's Lucas, your favorite co-host from Elwood City Limits. Um, I want to remind you folks that if you like listening to the podcast, first and foremost, the best way to spread the love is to tell a friend who is interested in Arthur or podcasts or animation or hearing about Nova Scotia for some reason. But there's some other things you could do as well. For instance, you can follow us on social media. Twitter is at ECL Podcast. The Instagram is at Elwood City Limits. My pet project, the Twitch channel, which we do live streams on sometimes, twitch.tv slash Elwood City Limits Pod. And we also have a Facebook and Tumblr as well. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and youtube.com slash Elwood City Limits. That's where Will has been diligently uploading all of the episodes if they're not on your podcast listening service of choice. If they aren't on one of those services, let us know. You can reach out to us on social media or via email at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Finally, the Patreon is where you can find all of our paywall content, patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits. This gives you access to the Discord, where we have a bustling community, as well as some exclusive videos, audio bonuses, such as commentary for the various Arthur movies and more, as well as some of our additional podcasts for the kids, is where me and Will uh, cover all the PBS shows that aren't Arthur, as well as ECL Origins, where we really talk about any show from our childhood that we want. Uh, And most importantly, you get early access to every episode of ECL. You get to flex on your friends that you're getting it a week early. You can join for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. And now, back to the show. And now, back to Arthur! 
And then we move on from that to, well, it's the end of the season, and this is the best day ever. So we'll get in. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess we can get into it now. This is an Arthur Clip show. Like, it is, it is a clip show. And there is we've done this before like i i remember we were i was when i was watching this today and they started showing clips old arthur clips and they do it quite quite soon on it, i was just like oh my god it's a clip show and then i thought about it and like oh no we've done this before like arthur has had its own spin on the clip show in the past like the one the one that comes to mind is dw's fifth birthday that episode and because <laughs> that is basically just a gussied up clip show that also has a little bit of a message to it uh, this one, well, uh, so Arthur in this is watching old clips from the show, and he's ranking his top five worst days ever. Now, and, and so I'll, I'll just go down the list. Number five, getting fired by Dr. Fugue. Number four, ripping his pants in school. Number three, Buster leaving for his trip. Number two, it's a supercut of DW's snowball accusations. And the number <laughs> he does have one for number one, but it's unknown because... DW plays baby footage of Arthur, and so he says, "Now this is now this is my worst day ever." And then he uses the remote and I don't know, like deletes DW or something. Like she just her the very image of her like turns off like a television channel and she just disappears. So I don't know what exact what exact command you use on a remote control to 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 just disappear a human like that or an animal or whatever we're calling him. I guess we're going by uh, goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a goosebumpy thing to do now that you now that you mention it. Um, <laughs> so my 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 original note here is so we see clips of these and they are the original clips for like the original animation to which I think that season sixteen has gone a long way into helping Lucas and I and I'm sure some of our listeners to embrace the newer look of Arthur. That said. Don't show me the old animation while I'm still getting used to the new stuff. Yeah. Oh man, like, I, I just I was just like, no, take me back, please. Like I completely understand because like when you are getting used to like a newer MA episode in its own, then yeah, like it's fine. But if you have a clip show uh, and you're literally like seeing how the animation used to be, then when you get back to newer animation. It's going to be all the way more jarring. Now, I have a I have a deep cut um, that's not art related, but I have a very close comparison, so you have to bear with me for a bit. Okay. So, um, never random, never random Toku tangent. Um, <laughs> but for anyone who was watching Power Rangers in two thousands, I'll give it a quick rundown. So the source footage that they use mm. at around I'd say with the season Operation Overdrive. It was made for sixteen by nine widescreen. However, okay. Disney did not want to pay uh for um I guess like broadcasting it in sixteen by nine, like showing it. Because by that time not only were a lot of homes not having no TVs, it would have been extra money. Cash so, I just can't believe that Disney would cheap out on something. it's unbelievable i don't believe it would you at all be surprised that despite the success um the whole time they had it they want just like cancel and make a cartoon instead Uh, oh my god no (laughs) i I wouldn't be 
Yeah. But so here's the thing. So it was very jarring because when the show switched over to the Japanese footage, it was 16 by 9 footage squeezed into a 4 by 3 window. And it made the transition very jarring. And I know for a fact it was a – if it had a recent uh, – well, I say recent. Time doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I know they had like a clip show uh, in Beast Morphers where they were showing some of this stuff. Um, and they even had um, a character from RPM come back. But it was like, again, jarring because of the fact that like this was a show that was filmed mostly in 4x3. When it goes back to stock footage, it's 16 by 9. Mm-hmm. And it gets weirder because RPM had its own clip show slash behind the scenes uh, show called An Action. But that, the the American footage, was filmed in 16 by 9, but squeezed back into 4 by 3. And, you know, it's obviously a rabbit hole. But, yeah. I don't know, it's like, when you're dealing with a show that's running for that long or when you're in that transitional period, uh, I wouldn't be surprised um, that this stuff happens. You know, it's why when I see like episodes of like or clips of SpongeBob upload to YouTube these days by the official channels, they just say F- it and just like crop it at 16 by 9. Um, it's also how we got the whole Simpsons epidemic on Disney Plus for a hot minute. Oh, God, um, right, that thing. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, yeah, it's just like a very interesting rabbit hole to die down, but I'm not surprised, uh, because again, when you see different aspect ratios and like the different voices, which that's what also confused me when seeing this little opening segment, yeah. because some, but not all of Arthur's dialogue was redubbed. Yeah, this was really odd from like somebody, from the perspective of somebody who like, it's close to watch these for a long, long time. Like I've, I've mentioned before on the show, like literally when I was a kid, I memorized these shows and I memorized, I memorized the way they sounded too. Like I would even try to get the delivery of lines. Correct. So I can tell when, when it's different. So for a lot of, for most of the old Arthur footage, the, like the footage from traditionally animated seasons, the, his current actor on the show, Drew Adkins redubs most of the footage Except you can hear um, the original Arthur voice in the clip where Buster says goodbye. They just play that unaltered audio. And it's right. for, for some reason, it's the original voice actor, uh, Michael Yarmish. And it, it was just like, oh, that's not what Arthur sounds like anymore. It's not what he sounded like for decades. Um, also, in the DW clips of the Snowball, Jake Beals... Uh, the current DW voice actor in our timeline is used interchangeably with the original voice, Michael Kalos. So you hear DW go between two different voices and this, and this is, this continues on throughout the episode. I don't, I don't know what the reason for this would be. I I just, it's funny that they just didn't go all the way. I, I, it's one thing. It's one thing to straight up use the older footage. And obviously there's like the cloudy border around it to make up for the fact that the aspect ratio is different by now. Um, yeah. And, and it's like, you know, if you're doing a clip show, you're not doing it to, you know, blow out the budget. You're doing it to save money. Uh, so they're not going to reanimate. They're they're not likely to reanimate the old clips in the new style. 
but it's interesting that they didn't that they that they left some of it in. I just wonder what the what the thought process behind that is. Yeah, yeah. Again, like the animation, I feel like you know if you're gonna be inconsistent with it, you're going to attract more attention. Like I will honestly argue that um, kids would probably like they would probably see reruns with two drastically different um art for voices yeah matter of fact i think there was like one no i don't know the um i don't know the voice actors names like you but i could have sworn i think it was like season six where there were like two different dubs where one where arthur had like a higher pitch yes. voice mm-hmm. than yeah. the other ah so you know what i'm talking about i do yeah. i do i think it was season four or five and you're right it's yeah. like they did have one dub where they had the current Arthur voice actor and but he was clearly going through puberty and like his voice is noticeably deeper and then when they got their new voice actor in around like season 5 or 6 or whenever it was they did go back and redub a lot of those episodes and just and and that's I I think if you look for them now it's probably in that higher register Arthur voice so yeah, I know exactly what you mean because I noticed that at the time. It's like, oh, Arthur's voice is deeper. That's weird. And then it, then yeah. of course, it changed. And I'm just the sort of person who would notice that that kind of thing. So yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you also noticed this. It was just it really is quite jarring. And yeah, the episode itself is based around everybody's best days ever. And by everybody, I mean Arthur, Buster, Binky, Sue Ellen, and George. They all take turns. They're in the classic Arthur circle formation in the grass where they're all laying down and their heads connect as a circle. Uh, And so they go over their best days ever. And when they do that, they're just recapping the episode. Like a lot of this is just the new voice actors recapping the old episode with clips from the old episode. So like Bingy's best day ever is meeting his baby sister, Mei Lin. So we see clips from Big Brother Binky with Bruce Dinsmore, Binky's voice actor, narrating the story to give it to you in two minutes instead of 12. George's best day ever was at the poetry reading in the first Wally episode. This is a little bit different because there are clips from Arthur's dummy disaster throughout this. But there is an extra new scene of George talking to Wally when he's broken, which doesn't make sense continuity-wise with that episode because... If you remember, George runs out of the library immediately when Wally starts to break down. In this new scene, he's behind a bookshelf as Wally is breaking down, and then we later see him outside. So, doesn't really make sense. We also hear briefly in this in this George scene, George's original voice actor, Mitchell David Rothpan. So, again... We hear the old George voice and the new one in very quick succession. And I just got to say, it doesn't do, I don't think it does the current voice actors any favors to redub the episodes I know, I already know by heart. So to, and, and, I'm right. not, and I'm not saying from a quality standpoint, like it's really, that's not a judgment that I particularly care to make because they were all kids recording these. So it's not a question of one being better than the other. It's just that like, I know what these original voices sound like. So it's just yeah. really unnecessarily jarring to hear the old ones again. There's not a whole lot else to say about the episode. There's a couple of original things here. So again, yeah. Sue Ellen's best day ever is when Arthur found her diary. So we get clips from the episodes 
uh, Sue Ellen's lost diary. At the same time, Arthur's trying to think of what his best day is. So he thinks maybe it's when he pulled the sword out of the stone at the medieval fair. And then we get the clip from The Return of the King. This is, this is kind of true of... So in the previous ECL episode, Sue Ellen veges out, where Sue Ellen becomes a vegetarian. That episode was more about Francine and Muffy. The episode we just talked about, the one focused on Sue Ellen being bullied by Arthur... It's as much about Arthur as it is about Sue Ellen. And then yeah. in her own memory, Sue Ellen's best day ever is Arthur returning her diary to her. Can we just get her her own memory? Like, what about <laughs> if, what if her best day ever was meeting Neil Gaiman, which she did by herself? <laughs> like, why does she keep having to be like a supporting <laughs> character, even in episodes where she's not meant to be a supporting character? right right i don't get it um the one original one that we do get is buster when his best day ever is when he saw a giant glowing donut outside his bedroom and he talks about how when he goes to sleep he has to count puffins and then when he was counting puffins to go to sleep one night a giant flying saucer that was actually a donut and that was helmed by the strawberry people, which Buster describes as a highly developed fruit-based life form, wanted Buster to take over as ruler of the planet Fructopia. And then, the, and then you know, I, I think it's Sue Ellen who's just like, that sounds like a dream. And then Buster's like, oh, I thought dreams were the same thing as memories. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of the greatest extent of new animation going on here. Yeah, and I did like quite like that sequence. To be fair, there's a, um, there's a lot of but, really neat like drawings in there and character concepts. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it really is like I know partly you know this stuff uh, can't really be avoided. You know, when you're um, you know using old footage with new footage, and obviously, not to mention it wouldn't uh, make sense. It you probably couldn't afford to uh you know reanimate like all those sequences from no, scratch anyway no. yeah yeah so there was always going to be like a little bit of jank with this episode premise <laughs> um i i guess i just you know with the with the voice acting specifically you know it's like it's just like in the middle you know with you know it's like you could either um leave the voices which i will I will be honest, as someone who uh, was a kid in a past life, um, I would uh, probably either wouldn't notice mm. or I'd say, huh, and just like continue watching the show. Or you could uh, cater primarily to the newer audience and just redub uh, more, which would still be off-putting. But, you know, at least it will be consistent. You know, I don't really know who is like being cared to and i don't know like maybe maybe they could go uh you know one way or the other like time constraints and all that well we'll never know i don't think there's ever been like an arthur crew blog obviously um no i wish but, you know yeah oh my god don't get me started <laughs> um but yeah yeah you know obviously like these decisions you know like obviously we're free to like critique and you know like evaluate yeah, you know, it, it's just weird because like even with my perspective, I'm confused, you know. <laughs> yeah, or it could just I don't know, could be like a quality problem with the older audio or with the newer audio. Who's who's to say? And if anybody has yeah. inside, 
If anybody out there has an inside track on any of this, please let us know. LDCityLimits at gmail.com. Um, but Buster's, <laughs> Buster's real best day ever is when he returned from uh, traveling around the world with his dad and played checkers with Arthur. And he says, I just really missed you. Oh, so cute. And I really appreciate that about Arthur, you know? Like, I feel like other shows that have been around that long or have that impact, like, might use uh, references like that, you know, for nostalgia. And, you know, if you still think something like that has nostalgia, that is a valid perspective. But when Arthur does this, like, I will always feel like it is rewarding people who have stuck by the show for so long. Yeah. Rewarding people who have seen, like, all the episodes, you know? Um, Just the fact that they were able to not only stretch out that snowball arc for so long in, like, the quote-unquote original run, um, (laughs) but the fact that they bought it back here, you know, even for a passing mention, you know, it's fun. It's very funny. And, like, I feel like no matter what age you are, the amount of art for knowledge or reruns that you've consumed for osmosis, I feel like everyone will get it. Like, I don't think that there's ever, like, a reference in Arthur that's like too highbrow. You know, if you're yeah. in if you're in the Arthur universe, if you're in Elwood, you're in it for life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very true. You're right in that Arthur especially as the show has gotten like much into its later years as we are in it right now, it is it is it is doubled down on referencing its past. Like even just previously, they referenced Tenzin. Like that's a character that it's not a character. It's just basically was in one episode decades ago before this aired and it's just like they still seem like they really care about that stuff and i really appreciate it we end up with arthur not having a best day he can't think of one he can't choose from all of them but george notices that in everybody's best day ever arthur was in everyone's best day and so they all think that like they just come to the conclusion that like arthur is a big part of their lives And then it begins to rain. Arthur declares today to be his best day, hanging out with you guys. It starts raining, but it's still, Arthur feels like it is still the best day. This is a weird episode to put next to the Arthur being a bully episode, huh? Where everybody's like, man, Arthur's great. (laughs) And I'm like, was he though? Like, wasn't always great. (laughs) It's just weird. Weird, yeah. weird juxtaposition. Since we get, we got to the end of the season, it's like, all right, time for the clip show. Oh, and uh, also the one where Arthur bullies Sue Ellen. Yeah, like I guess, like in universe, you know, like this would be more like a a spring, late spring episode. So, like, you know, I'm pretty sure it's watering the bridge for the kids. Yeah. But like for us, that's like barely three minutes. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> ten, like ten minutes tops, maybe. Um, yeah. All right, Cash. So let's let's wrap up this episode and talk about how we felt about what we watched. Now we definitely got into got into talking about the big topics underneath. Uh, so funny, I forgot to laugh. But overall, what did you what did you think about it? I'm honestly glad I rewatched this episode. Like I hadn't like like I hadn't seen the second half ever, honestly. But the first half I haven't seen. Uh, since like you know those memes and everything like first dropped you know right. when you said earlier like this episode was from 2013 like almost like i had like a mini heart attack like oh my <laughs> god it's been a decade like, yeah. i look the same i yes, sound the sir. same yeah <laughs> what's going on <laughs> um but yeah you know i think like looking at it 
like at like a different lens, you no, know, at like my current lens, you know, like the episode. I don't, I don't necessarily think it fumbled. I think it just could have improved, definitely, but it went in things like a different way that we were expecting. And I think in hindsight, you know, it is kind of a ballsy move to like show your main character, show your morally right character, you know, in a state like this. Yeah. And it's not like Arthur's big hit where, you know, there are probably philosophy courses in colleges to this day <laughs> um, debating um, uh, Arthur's morality. No, Arthur was definitively in the wrong and as well as just valuing Suellen's feelings I think you know it goes to you know like the level of confidence that you have even to get this episode signed off to like hey we're going to make our main character look like an asshole but he learns uh his lesson in the end yeah like whoever like pitched an episode like you gotta have like a lot of confidence and my hats are off to you, to the border, to the writer, to whoever, because, you know, that, that sounds like nuts uh, to get cleared. Yeah. Um, but overall, um, very enjoyable episode. Um, did definitely remind me of just, like, the amount of time I've invested in Arthur. Because, like, if I didn't invest a lot of time in Arthur, especially growing up, I wouldn't have felt such a reaction to Arthur it seems to seem seemingly acting out of character. I wouldn't feel a you no know, reaction towards using old footage in a newer episode, or I wouldn't feel a whiplash of that older animation, you know. But I do because this is a show that means a lot to me, and I'm I'm glad for that, you know. Um, it will always mean different things to different people, regardless of age, regardless of generation. But I think there's something nice about that. You know, everyone is going to have their own era, their own perspective of this show, but all of them are going to be legitimate. And we've basically all seen all these episodes at this point anyway. So, you know, um, we're all going to have something of this aardvark that means something to us. And I think there's something really beautiful about that. Now, I think that Cash has touched on... Um... A lot of what I'm going, what I've written down here. So apologies if I'm repeating anything that you've said, but uh, I, I wanted to write this all out because a lot of times in these um, episode wrap-ups, I tend to ramble, repeat myself, and so the best way to kind of counteract that is to write things down. And really, this was meant to be kind of like just a general note, and then I just kind of kept typing. So it's both my thoughts on the episode and also. A response to the fact that a lot of listeners let us know that, like, this, like, I, I, I think that, that they would be anticipating our reaction to this of just, uh, this is something that maybe didn't strike the right chord with a lot of people. So I can understand why this episode is not well regarded by fans. This is, it is out of character for Arthur to do these things. I also think the resolution is a little easy. Like, I th like, Arthur apologizing is good, but it also kind of wraps up a, a little too neatly. Arthur's not typically a character that will act thoughtlessly or insensitively to the degree he does in this episode. In the past, we've seen characters like Muffy or Francine that are much more easily slotted into this role. 
This can also potentially give off the wrong message because at the end, Sue Ellen has to give Arthur the space to come to his eventual realization of how what he did was wrong. And you can argue that Sue Ellen shouldn't have to give Arthur that much leniency if he's proven in the past to not be sensitive to her feelings. However, and you've said this as well, Cash, I think it is effective to see Arthur especially acting this way. Arthur's not a perfect kid. We've seen his negative traits many times. In fact, it's often really jarring when he's the one acting like a jerk. But speaking from experiences, I've had many moments in my life where I've acted like a complete jerk, to say the least. And I've had to reckon with the fact that while in those moments I thought I was in the right, I was actually being a bully. I was being a bad person in one way or the other. I think the intention of this episode was likely to show how anyone within a friend group can act this way. And Arthur's reaction of frustration is more common to us uh, than we might think. It's a more common reaction to get offended at someone's offense than to, in the moment, immediately realize what we did was wrong. We have the capacity to do both in sometimes equal measure. I also imagine that some of the frustration from a viewer is that Arthur gets ostracized to a really big degree by his friends. But in earlier episodes, and as I mentioned before, characters like Francine act twice as bad as Arthur does and don't get any comeuppance. This is this is true. Like, like, you're not wrong. It does remind me of the dissonance a lot of people feel, as we mentioned, when watching Arthur's big hit, especially when people ask, why didn't we see DW get punished? But a helpful lens to think about this, I think, is with the time this episode came out in. So this aired in 2013, at which point the conversation around bullying changed immensely since 1996, which is when the first season of Arthur started airing. Whereas the older seasons portray bullying as something that is something of a universal experience. It's like something like practically every kid goes through, or at least one that you have to expect in school these days. Or sometimes worse, it's a behavior that you need to tolerate from your friends. Like sometimes characters like, and not to continue to single them out, but Francine, Muffy, Binky, um, act like bullies, and you just, but they're still Arthur's friends, and you just kind of have to tolerate it, I guess. But more modern Arthur writers and creators seem to want to impress on the audience that bullying is a behavior that no child should have to tolerate. Take Arthur's eyes for an example. Now, granted, this is the first episode of the show. It's still finding its way, and we need to give it leeway for that. But Francine, in Arthur's eyes, clearly in the wrong for bullying Arthur. But her comeuppance in that episode is that she realizes Arthur's glasses are actually cool. There isn't an admittance of wrongdoing. There isn't really an apology. And this isn't true for all the older Arthur episodes involving a bully character. But this episode in particular, I'm talking about... Um, uh, so funny, I forgot to laugh. Takes the firm stance that Arthur's lighter jabs at Sue Ellen still have a negative effect on her and are not to be tolerated at any level if she doesn't like it. The episode deals with Arthur working through his frustration in unhelpful ways before realizing that it's wrong to treat someone in the way he did. I think in has the possibility to hit a bit closer to home when a character like Arthur is in the spotlight like this. Because... He is the central character of the show in, to the sense of like he has the most muted personality so that he can be the audience avatar in a lot of situations. And I 
would hope that it can cause the viewer to look at their own actions in a similar light. What are the times that we have acted this way and maybe unintentionally been a bully like Arthur was? I can understand the problems that some Arthur fans may have with this episode, and I think some of them are valid. But I personally thought this was a helpful way of understanding what bullying can look like, even among people who like each other. And I think it means more for a character like Arthur to learn and grow from this, even though, as I said before, Sue Ellen is not the primary focus here, which does kind of still bother me. So I wouldn't say that I even especially liked this episode, but I see its use. And I just wanted to lightly stick up for it a little bit. And I'm, I, I, I look forward to all the correspondence we're going to get from this, and I encourage it. Like, please, if you have a different way of seeing this, if you completely disagree, or if you agree, like, please let us know. I would, re- I would really love to hear how this struck you, because it seems it's very uh, – it inspires a bit of passion. And that's what I want to kind of share around. And we don't all have to come to the same conclusion – and apologies if I misrepresented any points or got anything wrong, but that's what I would really like to, to hear from. It, I, and in comparison, the best day ever, yeah, and? Like, it's, it's a clip show. <laughs> so it, it was so, it was, uh, I want to say it was nice to see the old clips, but it was more jarring than anything else. And really, if I want to see the old clips, you can just go on YouTube and find them right now or or wherever. So... I, it wasn't something I particularly needed. Um, again, it's really weird to put this like, oh man, Arthur's the best next to Arthur is not the best episode. Um, so I don't know. I just think it's kind of nothing. I, I like really like so much of my notes are just like, that is a clip from this episode. That's not the right voice. It's a clip from this episode. That's a different voice. And that's it. Like it's it's really it's really fluffy. Like it it's just like Arthur's like the best day is today, hanging out with you guys. I'm like, yeah. Like okay. Like it's it's a PBS kids show. It's Arthur. It gets schmaltzy, but it's just like this is a little bit gracelessly schmaltzy. So the uh, light nothing way to end off the season. What about you, Cash? What did you think? I definitely think like on its own. Um, like I get like clip shows don't have to like be huge send offs, but. You know, the main attraction for me today was definitely so funny. I forgot to laugh. Mm. You know, um, I definitely I don't think it's immune from criticism, but I do like you said, you know, I definitely see its purpose. And I do think that even today, you know, it can be used to further a discussion, not just for kids, but, you know, for adults as well. Mm-hmm. It is an episode, you know, um, <laughs> outside of the, the first discrepancies. Which, again, as someone who watches Power Rangers, you know, I'm fairly <laughs> used to. Um, you know, it's just like a very standard, you know, a trip through memory lane. Like, nothing really glamorous about it. But, you know, that, that's fine. You know, not every birthday has to be like a big blowout. Sometimes, you know, you just want to spend time with your friends. And, you know, just chill. And, you know, I, I can see that. Through that lens, like, I can see that, you know. But I definitely... um enjoyed this episode uh more than i probably would have a decade ago and i think the fact that i now have someone in a space to be able to like talk about my thoughts on this episode um also um made me enjoy it more so as always thank you for having me on here (laughs) well it's my pleasure cash and um you're 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 so kind you're so you're so kind to arthur uh maybe even more so than we are and uh appreciate the positivity that you bring um 
and and as well the tokusatsu mentions i'm always here for it really appreciate it i only wish i had seen like my netflix ran out so i haven't been able to watch the power rangers reunion thing so i i, I don't oh, i've been hearing good things about it oh, okay so we, we we can't spoil each other that's good i i, I will watch it yeah. Maybe next month. Uh, but until then, Cash, really glad that you could come on this episode. And so you could kind of talk yourself up about Kiff and everything else. So um, where can people find you right now? And also, where can people find Kiff, too? Okay. Um, so as for me, Twitter is going through things. But on most other sites, you should find me at a at, um k-a-s-h underscore c-a-s-h mm-hmm. uh underscore or um cash art so that would be k-a-s-h uh, sorry k-a-s-h-e-d-a-r-t um i also have my own podcast uh the uh cash cast uh k-a-s-h-c-a-s-t um that is on spotify youtube you no know, most uh podcast streaming platforms no i'm also on youtube obviously cash cash um as for kiff if you either have disney channel on cable have a way to uh watch disney channel like say youtube pv or you're on disney plus i would say definitely check out kiff there you know um it's definitely zanier you know definitely got like a bit more punch to it but if you're in for uh animal kids having very fun adventures with their friends and family um and very very lovely songs i think there's a lot to love from kiff you know i definitely think there um could be some kiff art for overlap um you know i will say uh disney channel um we tend to have like maybe one or two episodes over in the u.s like air on saturdays um but we also have like a batch of like i think like six episodes at a time drop in disney plus like every couple of weeks um those will go through uh for the rest of the season um i can't say much about the show's future but uh, i will say uh support definitely does count so if you would like to see more uh talk about it you know uh share some clips on tiktok whatever uh support divas release any way you can um even someone who is fairly new to the industry and only works in production. You know, I've seen almost unanimous praise towards Kiff. Um, we're already doing really good. So I'm definitely happy for the show, you know, as a group and the fact that I can help even a little bit on this. And I'd like to see it, you know, uh, grow and last even longer, you know? So if you love it with your friends, your family, uh, if you're a kid or if you're a big dumb cartooner like me, uh, feel free to check Kiff out. I really think you'll enjoy it. And thank you again for having me on. My pleasure. And as always, it's I really think that if you are a fan of Arthur, if you are a fan of this podcast, you will really like Kiff. From what I've seen of it, it's just like I can think of people, specific people in mind, specific listeners who I think would really enjoy it. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure that you do. Cash, thanks a lot for being here. Next time on Elwood City Limits, we are going to be getting into Season 17. Of course, we've got our Season 16 recap on the way. You'll also be getting a preview of the new For the Kids on the free feed. Or if you're a patron, you'll be getting the full thing very soon. And then we'll be getting into Arthur Season 17. First episode of that season is Show Off and Dog's Best Friend. 
Uh, and that's it for Elwood City Limits. My name's Will Young, and for Cash... I am Cash. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll see you next time. Yes, take care. Have a great night, everybody.